millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi there, and welcome to the first Explaining History podcast of the new year. It's 2014. We've got loads going on this year, uh, of which we'll uh, find out about a bit later on. Uh, Just a few little announcements. Firstly, the uh, first uh, additional writer on the Explaining History team, Julia Routledge, um, has produced for us a brilliant biography of George Orwell in our new uh, Explaining, um, Explaining History 20th Century Lives series, well worth a read. Um, superb analysis of everything from Orwell's days in Burma through to his time as a down and out in Paris and his relationship with fascism, communism and his observations of the, on the left. It's uh, a, a great read and one I entirely recommend. In addition to that, the latest Explaining History title to come out um, that we've uh, got out this week is um, Redson at War Part 3, and it's the uh, battle to uh, stop the Japanese from moving further south towards Australia. It focuses on the Battle of the Coral Sea, uh, the Australian campaign in Papua, and the Battle of Midway, and the American uh, campaign in Guadalcanal. And the the point of the story really is this um, struggle firstly to stop the, the Japanese from advancing further south and to secure Australia as the launching post for MacArthur's armies to take back the Philippines. And kind of question really why it was that Japan's advance after devastating uh, British, Dutch uh, and American possessions in Southeast Asia ran out of steam literally within months. Uh, so check that out. Uh, again, well worth a read. And some, some very interesting points um, explored. So I would say that because I wrote it. Anyway, on to my topic for today. I want to talk a bit about um, Leon Trotsky and his final days in Mexico. Now, the reason I think this is worth talking about is because it's very often um, an overlooked kind of postscript. We uh, know that Stalin won the uh, battle for the leadership of the Soviet Union, that Trotsky's exiled in 1929 and um, finally expelled from the country in 1929. Um, and then after that, most kind of A-level A um, syllabuses go a bit hazy on what happened to him. He bums around Europe for a bit. He winds up in France and Norway and not particularly popular in either of those countries. And he winds up in Mexico for three and a half years and then suddenly he's been murdered. Um, and the the nature of his exile in Mexico his relationships with his supporters, who were mainly in America at the time, 
and the recruitment of Ramon Makada, the man who finally assassinates Trotsky, are all really pivotal um, issues that need to be explored in order to give these last three years of his life um, a kind of a bigger context and more meaning. And also, uh, Trotsky is, uh, you know, a, a marginalised figure, but uh, on the left, on the kind of the, the factional Trotskyite left, he's obviously still very important, and he's still clearly very important to Stalin, who goes to the time and trouble of um, having two attempts on his life, one of which is successful. Trotsky's um, caustic wit and his uh, his mouth, if you will, always got the better of him. And the the various debates as to the future of the Soviet Union after the death of Lenin uh, pitted the two men against one another. And Stalin uh, would never forgive Trotsky anyway for having, in the early 1920s, referred to him as the grave digger of the revolution. Um, Stalin's revolutionary credibility, his... Um, accepted status uh, or, or his desired status as the heir to Lenin was really one of one of the main things that he, he had and clung on to and for Lenin to challenge that in front of the rest of the Politburo uh, was a, really a, a, a very egregious crime one that Stalin would certainly never forgive uh, Trotsky and Lenin, Trotsky and Stalin had never got on uh, ever since the um, war against the Poles in 1920, where outside the gates of Warsaw, the Red Army is given a, a sound battering and sent back to Russia with its tail, tail between its legs. Trotsky and Stalin are political commissars on that campaign against the Poles, both of whom blame the other uh, for the, uh, the failure in uh, Poland. Stalin um, had conspired with Kamenev and Zinoviev uh, and the rest of the Politburo to have um, Trotsky progressively marginalised and then excluded from the Politburo and then uh, excluded from public life and really from um, and then sent into internal exile in Kazakhstan uh, following his slight against Stalin, uh, though even if he had maintained impeccable manners, the chances are that Stalin would always have looked upon Trotsky as a threat and would always have sought to remove him. Um, Trotsky was, uh, at a certain period of time following Lenin's death, viewed as, um, well, not you know, after Lenin's death, I beg your pardon, uh, during Lenin's um, dying years from about 1922 onwards, viewed as a, a, a clear candidate for the successor um, to the revolution. The problems he had was that he was really the Johnny-come-lately of the, of the Bolshevik Party. He'd only joined the Bolshevik Party in late 1917 when he could see the October Revolution was inevitable. He had been a strident critic of Lenin uh, throughout the 1910s, and Stalin had kept um, most of the cuttings from Trotsky's periodicals and articles which uh, decried Leninism um, and it's its break with uh, the Mensheviks. Um, so Trotsky never really stood much of a chance. Latent anti-Semitism in the Soviet Union uh, would have also put paid to his ambitions, and Trotsky was acutely aware of this. And to an extent, Trotsky's heart was more in the, the desire to continue um, being a revolutionary, uh, being becoming an administrator or a statesman was less his style, and more um, exporting revolution as far as possible. And in the mid-1920s, 
when it was really the uh, the weight of the argument as to what to do with the future of the Soviet Union. Should it be a, a constant exporter of revolution, um, as in Trotsky's permanent revolution idea, or will it be um, a, a kind of a basis of socialism in one country, i.e. the five-year plans? Um, when the argument shifts towards Stalin, Trotsky is completely marginalised. Um, Trotsky is a, a, a sort of a, a rather awkward house guest uh, when he's finally exiled from the country in Turkey. Um, the, the Turkish authorities aren't particularly happy with him being there and the uh, expense that has to go into his um, police guard, which is infiltrated by the NKVD, um, the, the, uh, the GPU, I beg your pardon, at the time, um, it is is considered by the Turkish government to be uh, dis- distinctly disadvantageous. Um, he's shunted on to to various countries. He spent some time in France. He spent some time in Norway. Um, the Norwegians don't want him there. Um, the Norwegians are very mindful that they have a very powerful neighbour growing towards their east, um, one that's interfered in Finland's affairs before and would probably um, be best to keep on the right side of. So finally... Finally, the um, the home is found for him of all places in Mexico, and it's found really there um, by Diego Rivera, the 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 great muralist uh, artist um, of the time, and his his wife Frida Kahlo, both of whom were Trotskyites, and both of whom um, petitioned President Cardenas to allow him to stay in the country. Um, Diego Rivera was this wild and predictable character, uh, very often armed to the teeth, um, a, a kind of a gun, gun-toting um, artist stroke bandit, who was more interested in the rather romantic and rebellious aspects of Trotsky's ideas than the, uh, the kind of the, the taught political and economic analyses that Trotsky put towards um, modern capitalism and critiques thereof. Uh, Mexico obviously had its own um, history of um, dramatic rebellions and insurrections and revolt, um, stating stemming back to kind of the, um, the Zapata Revolution and, the, and Pancho Villa during the First World War. So there were, it was a, a kind of a, a, a volatile, chaotic society where um, deep divisions between right and left existed. The enemies of Trotsky that he would find wouldn't be so much on the right, but would come from the Mexican Communist Party, who were, of course, Stalinists. When Trotsky wound up in um, uh, Mexico, he was worried that he would be assassinated when he got off the boat. Uh, and Trotsky was very mindful of the fact that um, Stalin's, Stalin's tentacles reached very far indeed. And through um, institutions like Comintern, Stalin could reach out to communist parties around the world, literally wherever Trotsky was going. Trotsky himself was not without friends, however. The uh, mainstay of Trotskyites uh, outside Russia was, ironically, in America itself. During uh, the 1920s and 30s, uh, there were a number of prominent Trotskyite intellectuals 
some of whom finally abandon Trotskyism later on, and many of whom eventually shift so far to the right that they they, they become in their dotage Reaganites. Um, I'm speaking particularly of William Crystal in this. Uh... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. In this regard. Uh, but um, two leading Trotskyites, James Burnham and Max Eastman, um, eventually uh, renounced the uh, their master, the old man as he was known in uh, where he um, at his compound in Koyakan, um, and engaged themselves in fierce anti-Trotskyite debates. The um, Socialist Workers' Party in New York was the main source of support for Trotsky while he was in exile. Trotsky uh, began living at um, Diego Rivera's Blue House. Um, and his stay there is abruptly interrupted when, for two reasons. Firstly, he has an affair with uh, Frida Kahlo, which was uh, perhaps, perhaps ill-advised, though, in fairness, Diego Rivera had had many, uh, many dalliances of his own. But also, um, perhaps more, uh, uh, more, more deeply for uh, Rivera, and it's, it's not entirely sure he found out about uh, Trotsky's antics, but he certainly was hurt by Trotsky when the old man dismissed uh, his own revolutionary writings. Trotsky was, is first and foremost, a, a writer and a journalist, and incredibly critical of other people's pronouncements and, and works, and um, he openly sneered at uh, what Rivera had to say, which was probably quite um, incoherent and poor, poorly drafted. Um, but it was that snub that really um, sent uh, sent a kind of Rivera to the point of a blood feud with Trotsky. Um, he had been subsidising. He was an extremely wealthy artist. He was the kind of the the the, the great, the great uh, national artistic national treasure of Mexico at that time, and had been successful in managing to draw up, um, managing to to get contracts with. Um, people as far as the as the the Rockefellers and the Astors in New York. Anyway, uh, 
Rivera was not short of uh, of money, and Trotsky was, and Trotsky was reliant and dependent on Rivera's largesse, but not so much that he was willing to sacrifice his own uh, revolutionary and intellectual integrity by um, uh, claiming that Rivera's work was any good when he clearly thought it wasn't. So Trotsky became a man of much reduced circumstances um, in the, the last two years of his life in Mexico and was dependent on selling some of his papers to Harvard University and he was also dependent he he was um, dependent on selling his various um, reminiscences of the Russian Revolution. And he was commissioned by an American editor uh, and American publishers to write a biography of Stalin, which um, dragged on and on and on, um, and was um, a real millstone around Trotsky's neck, but he, he rather appreciated the advance, because he was not only supporting him and his wife Natalia, but he was um, supporting their grandson, um, Seva, um, uh, as all of Trotsky's children had been killed either in Russia by um, the uh, Stalinist regime. Um, uh, his son Lev had been probably assassinated in Paris. He died in very mysterious circumstances. And his other daughter Zina had killed herself in Berlin. Um, so, very, very tragic family history of the, the wider Trotsky family, um, leaving Trotsky to support his grandson um, and also to support a kind of a, a household of um, bodyguards and um, well wishes and um, supporters and followers. So, by the, the after the uh, the first attempt on Trotsky's life, which came in for in in the uh, the guise of a full frontal assault by uh, Mexican communists. Um, in 1940, and this was led by a another painter, Siqueiros, uh, um, who was a, a paid-up member of the uh, Mexican Communist Party, which is the the way in which uh, Rivera eventually drifts as well. Um, this assassination attempt fails, um, claim, but it claims the life of one of uh, Trotsky's American bodyguards. Um, who had actually been working as a double agent for the um, Stalinists and was uh, subsequently murdered to, to cover their tracks. The um, result of this is that uh, Trotsky barricades himself into um, a compound. The house he's living in is turned into a virtual fortress. And so, obviously, uh, the strategy to get Trotsky isn't to attack from the outside, but to get somebody to infiltrate uh, and to get a man on the inside. And that man is Ramon Macada, who was a veteran of the Spanish Civil War, which had turned out to be an excellent recruiting ground for Russian and Soviet-backed killers and assassins. And there had been a general anxiety by Trotsky that once the Spanish Civil War had concluded itself in 1939 that a wave of refugees would sail westwards, and indeed this did happen, fleeing the Franco regime. And amongst them would be men who were actually um, GPU assassins, uh, one of whom was Ramon Makada, who travelled with his mother, who was also a, a, a GPU uh, killer, and had been... Uh, conducting an affair with her Soviet handler, so to speak. 
The irony is that to the end of his days, Trotsky believed that the USSR was still a, a, a force for revolutionary good in the world. He believed that it had been hijacked by Stalin, not just by Stalin himself, but by a bureaucratic class, and that a, a work, the workers' revolution uh, needed to kind of reinvent itself. There needed to be a, a further workers' revolution in order to get rid of this new administrative class who were really the explanation for why Stalinism was as it was. The idea that Stalinism was perhaps a, an offshoot of Leninism was the natural byproduct of Leninism and really of, of, of Leninist Trotskyism was something that uh, Trotsky himself wasn't willing to entertain. Although Trotsky had been responsible for many a firing squad when he was the uh, People's Commissar for War, uh, the idea that he wanted to distance himself from really was that Stalinism was in some way a product of the regime that he helped to create. And therefore, he believed that the, the, the USSR itself was an entirely legitimate entity. And this belief really splits the Socialist Worker Party, uh, the Trotskyite Socialist Worker Party in New York, into those who, after 1939 and the Molotov-Ribbentrop Pact, uh, believe that um, the Soviet Union is, is an utterly corrupt um, counterpart, really, to Nazism. And those who keep the faith with Trotsky that it is basically an inherently benign entity um, simply hijacked by Stalinists. Um, and the schism in the party really causes um, Trotsky to become more isolated and more vulnerable. Um, the actual details of, of his murder are, as in, in August 1940, uh, Ramon Makada had done a very good job of infiltrating the um, the compound in Koyakan and um, presenting himself as a, uh, a, a, a sympathetic Trotskyite and had made a, a relationship with the old man based on um, a kind of a... Uh, uh, presenting himself almost uh, as as, as a, a student uh, of his works and hoping that the old man would uh, look at some of Makada's anti-Stalinist writing and critique it. And um, Trotsky, again, is hugely dismissive of, of what he sees, but it gave, gives Ramon Makada the opportunity to be alone to start with Trotsky in his study. Um, and uh, this is when the, the ice pick moment occurs. Um, Trotsky dies in hospital the following day. He remain, regains consciousness for a while. Um, but in, in a way, his, his significance, his importance, his relevance had already declined to such a point um, at this time that really one wonders why Stalin actually went to the lengths he did to, to kill off Trotsky. It could possibly be that Stalin uh, was um, enjoying the vendetta of it all, but I suspect it's not about that. Stalin really, um, I mean, in some instances, is a vengeful individual, but Stalin is very often motivated more by his own paranoia and his own suspicion and his own fear that Trotsky might represent and, resemble and um, be able to articulate something um, that he finds threatening. Quite what that is, is is unclear, I feel. 
Trotsky uh, could not realistically be seen as any kind of credible threat to Stalin's position as the, the leader of the communist world. Um, so so that, one's, uh, that one's up for discussion. I'll be interested uh, to hear your opinions and thoughts, and I may record something on this, on this later on. Anyway, I hope that was useful. Um, let me know what you think, and obviously, uh, if you visit www.explaininghistory.com, you can leave your thoughts and opinions there. We've got our newsletter, which is, um, once again, a fantastic resource full of handy tidbits and points of view. Uh, so if you can sign up for that, um, and I'll catch you on the next Explaining History podcast. And check out Julia Routledge's biography of Orwell, contains all manner of interesting observations on Stalinism and more. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.